is a bloody disgusting podcast network. We gonna carry on and plan the sequel, cause let's face it, baby, these days, you gotta have a sequel. Stop! Welcome back to Micro Queers, your weekly roundup of queer horror shorts. I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we're going meta this week with final girls, but lesbians. <laughs> Indeed. All lesbian, all the time, and Jason <laughs> Voorhees, but not Jason Voorhees by name. Uh, No, I'm pretty sure he's credited as Jason Voorhees in the credits. That's true, but they never say it out loud. It's a dude with a hockey mask and yes. a chainsaw or a machete. Watching the short, so yeah, everyone, we're talking, um, it's called Final Girls, um, directed by Michelle Hansen and uh, written by Hansen, Colleen Dunn, and Laura Spires. This is a short that I, I was going up and down on a lot during my viewing because it is very meta and like mm-hmm. the bulk of it is just, it, it hinges upon you, A, either knowing Friday the 13th or kind of not, because they spell everything out for you very, very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah. It's nine minutes with like a minute of credit, so really about eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And this is by far the most low-budget short that we've covered so far. So yeah. this one has a production budget of about 300 bucks. So what you're seeing is two women in a tent, probably in somebody's backyard. Mm-hmm. And it's very talky. I don't know about you, but I got a very improv feel to this. Yes, and I agree with you. And the reason that I was saying that I was kind of up and down is because I would find myself kind of groaning, like specifically when they were like, oh, um, there's a guy with a hockey mask out there. And I was like, okay, cool. So you're talking about Jason. It, it's the equivalent to me of like, it's just like that one movie where this happened. Like that to me isn't good meta. But then they would throw out another line of dialogue that I thought was really funny. And so it was like, it was never a consistent quality for me in terms of how clever it was. But there were a lot of moments that I thought were clever. Yeah, there's definitely some peaks and valleys, and the valleys are the very low-hanging fruit, where you're just kind of like, yeah, okay, we we all get that, it's pretty simple. But then, you're right, there are a couple of genuinely funny, clever moments that, to me, make this short worth watching. So, Mm -hmm. even though... If you go into it saying, like, it's just women talking for about five minutes and then they get out and one of them gets murdered. Spoilers, so spoiling this short. Yeah. I still think it's worth watching if only because of those little glimmers where you think, this is funny. Like, this is smart and I want to see more of those moments. I agree. And I think the issue is, and, you know, we've talked about meta, especially meta humor a lot before because you can be meta without being humorous. Sure. When you over-explain it, it's like when you're trying to tell a joke and you're over-explaining it and it's like, okay, dude, it's not funny anymore. And that's, I think, what happens in like some of the worst examples of meta that we've seen before. And some of these fall into that line. But then, you know, like, I don't know, this isn't even meta, but the Natty Light joke, I thought, I I guffawed. I was like, (laughs) boy. Sorry, which one is that? Oh, when he goes, oh, he was drinking beer. And why is that bad? It was Natty Light. Because, oh, 
Oh, you may not know what that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so please explain the joke to me. It's just a really, really cheap, disgusting piss water beer. Okay. Like basically, like when I started going to bars, there was this one like gay dive bar that I always went to. And like when I say dive, I mean like dive. Oh, I love a dive bar. I love a dive bar. The only beer they had on tap was Natty Light and it was $2 for a pint. Right. Okay. So this would be the equivalent for us of like a Labatt 50. Sure. I don't know what that means. You just said a word, I think. There you go. <laughs> it's the same idea. <laughs> no, but and like even like, a, what has Glad been fighting for all these years? Equality. Like, like Again, it's a quick joke. It doesn't try to explain it too much. It just goes there. But then you have the inclusivity of lesbians, which I do appreciate. And it kind of does stuff with it, but it also doesn't. Yeah, this feels like a bit of a safe version of representation. And part of the reason that I scheduled this particular short this Mm -hmm. week is because we're already looking at lesbians in the woods. Yes, we are. And I thought that this was an okay way to do it. Like, I don't get any kind of chemistry between these two actresses, like Anna Lieber and Kat McAlpine. Mm Mm-hmm. They play well off of each other as performers, but I don't get the sense that they're actually together. There's a line in there where Jessica, the the Anna Lieber character, says, you know, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And I thought, do you? Well, even, even I mean, I get that the joke, because they talk about how they haven't had sex yet, so they're probably safe. And, like, one of them makes a joke about how, oh, well, like, I don't want to have sex in a sleeping bag. Do you remember the beanbag chair incident? And I was like, that's funny. But I did like that one. Yeah, I did, too. But I also, again, you're right. I, I didn't really buy that they actually wanted to have sex with each other at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seemed more like they were two lesbians who just happened to be on this same camping trip and happened to end up in the same tent. Like, well, we both managed to survive while well, the straight idiots got murdered. Right. And again, I, I, I know it sounds like I've been coming down on this short a lot. Again, for an eight minute little like funny thing to watch, it's totally serviceable. It's just like, I, I, we've talked about it before. I just think that being too meta is, it's a really thin line between being clever and being obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reason I think to watch this is because it gives you some insight into what people can do even if they have virtually no budget Mm -hmm. at all. The other shorts that we've looked at have been people's thesis projects. So they have their hands on top shelf production equipment, even though they're, you know, likely still amateurs or they're like on their way to becoming professional. And what Michelle Hansen is doing here is the kind of really boots on the ground independent filmmaking. Like you have no reason not to be Michelle in this situation. Pick up a fucking camera, go to the woods and shoot something. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really... Like, one of the reasons I wanted to do these shorts is because there's such a diversity in the kinds of shorts that you can see. And this short proves you don't have to have a million dollar budget to make a movie. And during quarantine, like we talked about this during our host Patreon episode, Mm -hmm. there's no reason why everybody can't be making content. Like, if this is of interest to you, be Michelle Hansen. Go out there and make a fucking movie. And the reason that that's important, though, is because when you have a limited budget, you are forced to get more creative with how you do things. I do think that mm-hmm. a lot of times when people have an obscene amount of money, they get lazy, which is why we see a lot of CGI in horror films, why there's CGI blood, because it's like, oh, we don't have to worry about that now. We'll fix it in post. Hmm. This, you don't really get that. And granted, there isn't anything particularly innovative, but what I actually did enjoy in terms of her directing is 
she does the silent moments really well. A lot of the funniest jokes for me, I thought, were like, like for example, when the machete, like the killer, like waves the machete over the tent and the starts going. I thought that was really funny. And then just the simple, like Jason waving the girl on to go survive into the night, like simple, really funny. And it's like, okay, we're not going to do something bombastic here. We're just going to do a visual and maybe a music cue to get the humor across. And we're also Mm -hmm. not explaining, oh, this is just like in Friday the 13th when they do this. Yeah, I thought the moments where they stepped away from the conceit of kind of sticking it to a Friday the 13th were among the more amusing. So Mm -hmm. I really liked the exchange where they were going through why everybody had to die. And it was like Mm -hmm. just some simple, really clever hand motions where it was like... And then, like, you you could see them, yes, anning each other, and it was very funny. And then that moment where Jason has to sort of resignedly let her go, he just gives a little, oh, I yeah. guess I had to let you go because you are the final girl. <laughs> but you're right, though, that that moment, though, where they're yes, anding. And it, the part that I actually did laugh at the most was when they were at, she was asking her what type of sex they were having. Consensual. Right. I mean, no, yes, oral. No, Jesus. <laughs> Like, it it felt like a very natural conversation and frustration, but Mm -hmm. on the flip side, yes, there are times when it it is improv, when it feels like they're just straining to find something funny to say, and there were moments like that here, but for, for the most part, I thought it was okay. What did you think about how it played with the final girl trope, and then that, that in fact, only one of them got to live? Yeah, that was interesting because I could see this going in one of two ways where they would say, because we're lesbians, we're subverting this trope, which does mean that we will both survive. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, I thought, what if it's going to be one of those... I have to kill you or sacrifice you so that I can live. And then we're going to get, oh, this is just another example of a queer romance that cannot survive in a horror film. So I was a little disappointed to see that one of the two women does die. So Courtney is killed by the Jason Voorhees stand in. Mm -hmm. And I think comedically it pays off with the final beat where she turns back. She thought we were equally smart. Yeah. (laughs) It plays well as a bit of a stinger, and then the short is done and it's out. And that was fine, but at the same time I was like, yeah, okay, you know, goddammit. Let's kill some more queers in a horror film. Uh, It wasn't even me bothered that they were just killing more queers. It was more so the fact that it's like, oh, she didn't really care about her girlfriend that much. Mm -hmm. But again, it's played for comedy, and so I get that. Like, it's supposed to be just funny. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, eh, like, it didn't play enough with the trope. It just kind of fulfilled it you know it did it didn't subvert it it just did the trope yeah i mean i guess you, it could have subverted the trope more even if it had if he had killed both of them but then you lose that great moment when he waves her by <laughs> yeah it's true i mean i think the whole payoff is that she does actually get away oh and when she's like trying to squeeze by him like the, oh sorry oh sorry just making my way even where she reaches behind she has to grab his arm to yeah. steady herself <laughs> The physical comedy I thought was really, really good. Yeah. Overall, her filmmaking style is fine. I mean, like you said, it's low budget. It's in the tent. A lot of close-ups, you know, shot, reverse shot type things, and then switch to a shot of just both of them in frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's totally fine. It's a cute little video. I would recommend people watch it. Now, Joe, would you watch a full-length version of this, or (laughs) have you already? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, of course. 
I will say I'm kind of interested because Michelle Hansen did a web series called Red Rue before she made mm-hmm. this. And I'm imagining it's probably around the same budget, but it's telling more of a serialized historical romance horror story. So I'd be kind of interested in checking that out. I don't know how easy it is to find, but I would be interested in seeing a slightly longer version of this if maybe the budget was amped up a little bit and we got to see some of the other murders that they talk about, like the pitchfork to Paul's face. Right. Oh, that joke about the, like, not just one time, the whole pitchfork. That was funny. (laughs) It's good, right? I mean, and it's those moments where I'm like, if it could be a little bit more of that and then stretched out so that we just get a bit more of an arc as opposed to a one note improv, then I would say yes. But I don't know that I would want to see a feature of this because I think, it's too tired. I agree. And I think that the, the thing is here is the source material. Now, granted, you can make a source material out of something silly, but like even look at Scary Movie where they have to bring in like 20 different films to spoof. Yeah. And I think that because Friday the 13th is not plot heavy, I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think you would run out of material to mine to make fun of. Also, like, I mean, I'm struggling to even think like the series hasn't already made fun of itself in something like Jason X. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I think appeals to people about Friday the 13th is that it's circled back on itself numerous times over. Exactly. And so I just don't know if there's much more material to mine. And we have seen The Final Girls, which is a movie that I do like quite a bit because it mostly trusts its audience to know the joke. Like they're not explaining this is just like that movie when this happens and this happens Mm -hmm. and this happens for the most part. But yeah, like, that's kind of my thing. Is like, I feel like I've already kind of seen this, so I don't know. I would watch a 22-minute sitcom episode like this, but I don't know if I could... I don't know if I, you could stretch this to feature length. Oh, see, now I'm imagining this with a studio audience or a laugh track and uh. how much that would change it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what type of sex? <laughs> no, it would be a single-camera sitcom. It wouldn't be a, a multi-camera one. Yeah, in this day and age, it would have to be. Yeah. The only multi-camera sitcom I can, I can think of that we're getting, well, that's not on CBS with the mm. laugh track, is like one day at a time. Yeah, there's been a couple of crappy ones on Netflix. Looking at you, no good Nick. Oh, I don't even know what that is. You don't I? want to. Just yeah. <laughs> listen to my episode on my other podcast and you'll get a sense for it. Noted. Well, okay. Uh, so yeah, everyone, let us know what you thought of Final Girls. As usual, we will have a link to the video in the show notes, although hopefully you've watched it by now. But yeah, until next week, on that note, we can cross out Final Girls. Yes, and cross out Micro Queers. 